So FP says, as a vet and as a serpent. So, first of all, he's a serpent and also a veterinarian. <laughs> I hate Robin! <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like reading anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin A. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And if I could buy anything at Lacey's, like with Veronica's type of budget, yeah. I I always think, so like, do you guys know who Mr. Beast is on YouTube? Yes. He basically just like lets people buy whatever they want. Like he'll go to Best Buy he and just he'll just hand money. people money and like they could just choose whatever they want. Or he'll do like challenges where it's like spend ten thousand dollars in a day challenge or whatever because he just like has the money so he can do it and he and likes he also, to do like gives a lot to charity yeah he likes yeah, to yeah. do nice things for people and sometimes those people happen to be his friends i wish i was one of mr beast's friends hi jimmy <laughs> please be friends with me um <laughs> either way like i always think when i watch those i'm like if i could spend ten thousand dollars in a day i would like just buy things that i could then sell because what i need is money for the long run you know what i mean mm. so is this a sort of thing? I always think too hard into these fun yes, facts. Yes, you do. I know. But is this a thing where it's like you have this opportunity to buy one thing from Lacey's and then and then you continue on with your life? Or is it like you can buy whatever you want because you just have that money okay. in general? Okay, 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 okay. The parameters are be Mr. Beast rules. So you can have $10,000 oh to gosh. spend at Lacey's. And Lacey's is, of course, Macy's. Mm -hmm. So they've got home goods. Mm -hmm. They've got furniture. They've got jewelry. Yeah. Luxury bags. Clothes. Mm -hmm. I love thinking in Mr. Beast rules because it will never happen to me, but I want it so bad. And it's like, it's mm -hmm. play, like playing the lottery game. Yeah. I know I won't win it, mm -hmm. but I have plans if I do. Yeah. So I guess what I would get then is probably like we would get like a new couch Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say new couch. A, a cat recently puked on it. It sure did. So, um, and Brittany has spilled many an iced tea on it. Okay, that happened twice. Okay. So we would get a new couch, and I might get myself, like, like a really cool, like, bed frame. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm just thinking in, like, furniture type stuff, but I really like crop tops. And then I would buy, like, some luxury items so that I could then turn around and sell. But I wouldn't want to get something, like, so expensive that it's, like, out of the price range of people. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to buy it because it's too expensive. I think you can get, like, diamonds at Macy's. Like, not high-quality so, yeah. diamonds, but you could definitely get diamonds that you could resell. So, yeah. I would just get, mostly get stuff, like, I would get stuff that I need, but then I would mostly get stuff that I could resell because, um, uh, I gotta pay that rent. Gotcha. Yeah. Good answer. Thanks. Sorry it was long. It's okay. Anyway, my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Abertani, where I can find attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And I would do much the same thing because I am a hoe for home decor. But, um, it, like, in terms of, like, things that Macy's carries, they do sometimes have, like, more higher-end luxury bags. So I would, like, go as high as I could to get, like, the nicest bag possible because... I really love luxury bags. Thank you. Oh, also, um, they have the makeup counters, so just clean them up. Hmm. Like, I would roll up to, I would say the Chanel makeup counter, but their makeup's actually not that good. Ooh, go off. Full shade. Um, so I would roll up to, like, one of the cruelty-free ones instead. Cool. Yeah. Okay. How about you? My name's Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator from sunny pre-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Um, and I would buy Emmys. <laughs> 
They were just, they were, for the, the folks who can't see what they're doing, which is everyone, they're just holding hands in a really weird way. <laughs> we were seeing how we could make our fingers fit. Well, Sam, to be honest, I already know what your bio is, so I didn't have to listen to that part, but I'm interested in what you have to say now. We were playing. I, I have no problem with you playing. I think it's just I needed to explain to people mm. while why you were laughing when I looked up. <laughs> uh, what I would buy at Macy's, I would contribute to the couch. Um, oh, yeah, thank I you for your help. Oh, yeah, I should do that too. Oh, shit. I would contribute to the couch. I would buy probably like a nice coat. Ooh. A fancy pair of shoes, but not heels. Like, like fancy, like boots. Lady loafers. You know how I know you're gay? That's my new band name. That's my new band name. That's my new band name. Lady, lady loafers. You know how I know you're gay? That? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't want to, like, I want to be uncomfortable, but I want to look like I have a lot of money. Yeah, I want to look like I have a lot of money. Knowing that I don't have a lot of money. Yeah. Because if I had that much money, I would help other people. Mm. Mm, yes, same. And then uh, I would buy a really expensive perfume. Mm. Ooh, good answer. Good answer. Also, do they they sell electronics there. We could get like. Do TV? they? We, they? They could sell TVs. We could get TV. Do they? Do they have electronics in Macy's? Do they have Macy's no. in Canada? No. Yeah, I've only ever been to Macy's once, and that was back in 2011, so I don't know. No, they don't. They have watches. Oh. Oh. What's the most expensive thing? Just kidding, they have electronics. Oh, Oh. I hate you guys. I want some stuff from there. What kind of electronics do they they have? They have kitchen stuff. (gasps) They have home goods. Oh, no, guys, we really under... Well, we didn't think this through at all. Unfortunately, this isn't what people signed up for uh, listening to, so I think we're going to move on. Okay, cool. Okay. Today we have words to say about episode 412 of Riverdale. Men of Honor. Would you like to hear a fun fact? I sure, sure. would. This episode is chapter 69. <laughs> nice. 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 Except it's not very nice. No. Ooh, go off. Um, so Men of Honor is a 2000 American drama film starring Robert De Niro and Cuba Gooding Jr. It is inspired by the true story of Master Chief Petty Officer Carl Brashear, the first African-American master diver in the United States Navy. So, um, military stuff. Yeah. You know. So that, that's, that's kind of relevant. It, it's definitely relevant yeah. to at least one of the plot lines. Yeah, and they say it um, in in two different pl- plot lines. They say, like, people of honor. In Jughead storyline, they talk about how Brett has no honor. Lol, I he agree. He really doesn't, though. Um, and then, of course, Archie talks about um, Fred having honor, which is uh, cool. So it, this title is actually more relevant than a lot of the other titles that have occurred in Riverdale's history. So, Sam, I know that you have pretty strong feelings on this. Would you like to do your toot or boot first? Sure. I'm gonna go ahead and boot it, because I was bored the whole time, which is weird because FP and Alice were in this episode. Mm. But I didn't care mm. at all. Thanks. Brittany? Like, it wasn't... Here's the thing. It didn't have any plot lines that overly annoyed me. Oh, wait. I just remember what happened to Veronica Booth. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember what Veronica's plotline was yeah. and like screw that. So to remind everybody, it goes uh from best to worst, the scale goes shoot, toot, newt, boot, and scoot. I'm going to newt this episode. Um I think I mean this is the third episode in a row where we have all newted or booted it, which is kind of disappointing, but that's honestly how it is when you come back from the midseason. Um because there are so many episodes. And there it, it takes so much time to get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh we gotta kill time. Filler episodes it is. And I'm like, cool. I just have to say that for the first three seasons, Lost had this many, if not more, episodes, and they never did this. Yes, yeah. they did in mm-hmm. season two. There were some brutal ones in there. 
Yeah, but not in this way. You know, like at least either at least oh, yeah, uh, the at least the flashbacks meant something. The only thing in Lost that like got wasted was Charlie's like plotline in season two. Oh yeah, Charlie's plotline in season two, but at least it was interesting. Yeah. It just was upsetting. Either way, I'm gonna nuke this episode. I can handle one fight. Yeah. But this episode had three, if not four, fights in it. Yeah, it was And I don't weird. find fights interesting. It was just boring. I find fights interesting. I just, the villain was so low stakes that I was like, oh. Okay, well, uh, we both know that some random, uh, like, ass character from a one-off episode isn't going to kill Archie, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. A bear couldn't kill Archie. Boring fights. Almost literally everything in this episode. Interesting fights? The fight we just watched on Picard. Wow. Go off. You know what? That's true because it was brief. It was brutal. And then afterwards, there were actual consequences for it where people were injured. And like even during the the fight, you learned something mm-hmm. about the characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we good to just go? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to start with Veronica because who really cares? Screw this plot line. So here is my summary for the Veronica storyline. I'm ready. <clears throat> Veronica informs her parents that she's going to New York to shop and have her interview for Barnard College. Hermione and Hiram are also headed to New York, but luckily we don't see them at all. Veronica arrives at Lacey's and sees her friend Katie Keene. They have a montage to choose Veronica's interview outfits in which they re- literally only try on two outfits. They go to the bar that Katie's friend does drag in, aka the only thing I'm interested in about her show. Veronica asks about Katie's life in a roundabout way to get us to care. I don't know. Her mom's sick and her business is bad. Where is Josie? Veronica gets home and Hermione tells her that Hiram is sick and has a disease that is going to make his muscles atrophy. The next day, Veronica tells them that she got into the school and also that she's using the last name Lodge again. I can't decide if this is a plot to inspire compassion in Veronica or us. So she says that she's road tripping with Smithers. I'm a little pissed that we didn't get to see Smithers. Yeah, I feel robbed of Smithers. Mm -hmm. So I guess what they're doing is they're going to drive to New York together, but then they're splitting off? I guess so. Okay, so then, like, who cares if we don't see them at all? Yeah. You know what I mean? Weird. So, yeah, she goes to Lacey's, which is a thing that we have heard of. That's one of the Riverdale names that they have used in the past, so that one's not new. God, those Um, cracked me up, though. (laughs) And she mentions a designer named Proenza Schooler. That's a real designer. It is. Okay, my next, my, my note was, it's some designer name. I don't know if it's a joke or if it's a character on Katie Keene or if it's a real designer. Yeah, I didn't know. Design. Okay, well, there you go. So they mont a montage where they try on only three out, or only two outfits. And then I rewatched it and there's actually three outfits, but it's, that one's literally only seen for like maybe two seconds. Right. My montage sucks. It was a horrible montage, yeah. I gotta say. Half, half the montage was spent in the, in the outfit that she chose. And, and it I'm was like, just her turning around in the same place. I was like, I want like four outfits minimum and they better not all have the same energy. Mm-hmm. But they totally did. Yeah. So she talked about how her friend does drag, which we knew because it happens in like all the trailers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not planning on watching Katie Keene. I will watch the premiere, which on the day that we're recording this happened tonight, um, but I haven't seen it yet. I- I'll probably watch the premiere, but other than that, like it just doesn't, it's just, it's definitely not as interesting as Riverdale. No, the show, like, I don't feel like it's adequately sold itself to me. Mm-hmm. It's just like kind of about her and her life. And I don't find that very interesting because mm-hmm. there's no like crimes to solve or anything. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And unfortunately they never really gave Josie enough of a character for us to care about Josie either. I care about Josie, but it's like, I want to know if she even has a role on that show either. Yeah. She's supposed to be one of the main characters, but like in what way, you yeah. know, they didn't tell us. Like, I care about Josie, but I care about Josie in the world of Riverdale. I don't care yeah. about, I don't care about Katie Keene. Yeah. 
I if I wanted to watch Gossip Girl, I would go go watch Gossip Girl. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's different? Well, I guess we have to watch it to really judge. Like, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, if any of you guys are watching Katie Keen and you find that we're wrong, please tell me. Yeah, like, I, I would like. To I would know. like to know. I'm sure it's a delightful show for like people who are into that genre. Yeah, but I'm not into that genre. Mm-hmm. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. For me, like I want to read books that like immerse me in a world where it's like everything is happy and good. Like I want to read to all the boys I've loved before, and that's why I like watching to all the boys I love before but like that's it's different when you're like watching the show you know what I mean like I'm not interested in just like sitting around and waiting and it's like it's even different in the way that like it doesn't seem to be that funny I'm literally like googling what the reviews were for Katie Keene I I don't know like it's I'm I'm just I'm a sci-fi person Mm -hmm. yeah I want to watch I want to watch drama mystery that's what I'm interested in actually like watching on television yeah or like hard comedy but if there's as we know by my taste. If there's a MILF. If there's a MILF, call me. But it sounds like Katie's mom isn't doing well. So how long is the MILF here? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. And they, there haven't been any parents in the advertisements. I watched, I came to Riverdale for the parents. Mage and Amic, mm-hmm. Um, And that's why I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> So they're in the bar and they're talking about how Archie might not come with her to New York. He'll probably stay in Riverdale. They could do long distance or I'm just shooting, shooting this out there. They could break up. Mm. Like Veronica is talking a lot about her future in New York Mm -hmm. and Jughead talks about who he's going to New Haven or whatever. And I'm like, okay, but there's a whole nother season of Riverdale. Like what's going to go wrong so that you either don't leave or like we get like a garbage later seasons of Glee type garbage. You know what I mean? Which I don't want. Yeah. It's really Mm -hmm. hard to to get a a show passed. When they graduate. When they graduate and all of the characters shatter into different places. Yeah. It sounds like Katie Keene is like pretty okay, but that they still can't haven't figured out what to do with Josie. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, to talk about Veronica. Mm Mm-hmm. So then we get some Katie backstory or whatever. I guess this is like it's it's both is this supposed to be a backdoor pilot for Katie Keene? No. I think it's just to kind of like intrigue Riverdale viewers and introduce yeah. her into the world. Yeah. Like I feel like if it were a backdoor pilot, we would spend the entire time in New York and right. we don't. So it's just like an introduction to Katie Keene and be like, Hey, I'm on tomorrow. Please come watch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we're like, I hear you. But I won't. <laughs> What do you guys think is the reason that they did this with Katie Keene and not with Sabrina? Um, because they're cowards about Sabrina. Okay. They're owned by two different companies. But they're run by the same people. It doesn't matter if the creatives are the same. When you have two very different companies owning different rights, like, so this is the CW and then Netflix, crossovers are much harder because you have to get contracts involved. Whereas if you're on the same network, the contract is just with the CW. So this is way easier to do. I mean, that's fair, but I would much rather be interested in a crossover between with Sabrina yeah just because like that world is more interesting to me Mm -hmm. even though I don't like Sabrina that much yeah I'd still watch it if it crossed over with Riverdale right so Katie and her boyfriend they first held hands at Veronica's Quinceanera and the Jonas Brothers performed there how do you feel about that (laughs) I just like this a lot about this show is unrealistic but I feel that that's one of the most unrealistic things that they have ever seen (laughs) why the Jonas Brothers would never do that the Jonas Brothers that's not what the Jonas Brothers did Beyonce does it she performs at birthday parties Beyonce performed at literally a birthday party it was 
like a really one of the fanciest birthday parties ever. She probably got paid like millions of dollars, but it still happened. Yeah, I don't think Veronica has like millions upon millions of dollars, right? Yeah. She just well, has like at like a million dollars. I don't know. Either way, she blows through it like she has millions. This is back when the Jonas Brothers were still like, you know, a little bit longer lines, vines, and trying times type time, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I just don't believe it. Okay. <laughs> so then it's mentioned that Katie and her mom made her dress for her party. Um, and then they talk about how it was the start of their beautiful and unexpected relationship. First of all, unexpected? Well, I mean, they didn't really know each other before that. Yeah, but like, why would they have any reason not to be friends? They're very similar. I don't know. I just thought the word unexpected was really strange. And something else that people on Twitter were pointing out um, was the use of the word relationship and not the use of the word friendship. What are your Ooh. thoughts? I want to think deeply about that, but I know the writers didn't think that deeply mm. about I that. I was about to say, I would love Bye Veronica, but they're not going to give it to us. No. Bye Bye Veronica. Bye. <laughs> That's it. So Veronica goes home and she talks to Hermione and Hermione's basically telling her about like... Hiram's disease or whatever and she specifically says that Hiram doesn't want Veronica to know Mm -hmm. so I guess my two ways of thinking about this concept is either it's true and this is supposed to be like a turning point for Hiram he looks very happy in the final scene you know like is he finally now faced with his mortality and now he's like now I'm gonna be a better man like I don't know how they're going to redeem Hiram but I'd like to see them try or this is a flat-out lie and Hiram is trying to fool Veronica into having compassion for him so that she'll ease up with her maple rum. I just, the revelation of this makes me feel like we wasted so much of this season. Mm. It feels gross. Yeah, like, it's really manipulative and, like, now the whole Hiram versus, like, Ronnie thing was, like, a waste of time and her trying to get out of this abuse cycle is now not happening. So, like, she'll be trapped as a lodge forever. And I'm like, so what was her, what was the point of, like, the last 12 episodes? episodes. Yeah, we are past the halfway mark now, and I still have no idea about anything about the videotapes, just to be clear. Like, that's supposed to be the main thing, and I just don't feel like this season was put together as well as the previous two seasons were. Like, the previous two seasons felt like they had an arc and felt like they had, like, a pattern that they were going by, and it was working. And um, this season just doesn't feel like that. It feels disjointed. It's just like we have the videotape storyline and we have the Jughead dying storyline, both of which are wildly intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. And the last three episodes have been like, oh, I mean, that's sort of a thing we were doing. Last episode, they did a trivia show. They sure did. They sure did. Like, you you have a lead-in where one of your lead characters is dying. Why aren't we focusing on that? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just boring. I don't think and Riverdale like, should be a 20 plus episode show. I don't think it was ever be. meant to be. If it could be like a hard 15, I'd be pumped. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that it has more than other shows because I feel like it, it takes up that space, mm-hmm. but, but it has too many right now. Agreed. Yeah. Put some back. Mm-hmm. About the Hiram thing specifically, I just, the entire time we were watching that scene, I kept yelling at the TV, television, why am I supposed to care? Uh-huh. Like, exactly. Why am I supposed to care that Hiram is dying? Like, I don't. Then die. Like, they said he's <laughs> dying and I was like, Good. Maybe he'll leave Veronica alone. Like, Mm -hmm. Jesus. Like, their relationship is just just so toxic. Like, even if they're trying to save it, I'll be like, remember when you tried to murder Archie? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just so bad. I just, he's such a bad person. I don't care if he dies. 
Yeah, that's why I was just like, this is such a disservice to Veronica, who deserves better than to constantly be trapped in, like, an abuse cycle with her father Mm -hmm. that her mother helps perpetuate. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm tired of it. I don't want to watch it. I want to watch Veronica Lodge be Veronica Lodge, not Mm -hmm. whatever this is. Yeah. So this is supposed to parallel Katie's mom being sick? Oh. Question mark? But, like, they found his early, and she says that, and Katie says that they found her mom's disease late. I don't know. It's just the fact that they both talk about sick parents this episode, I don't think is a coincidence. Also, why on earth wouldn't they give his a name? Like, is it MS? Like, what is it? What does Hiram have? And I don't think the writers cared enough to, like, do research or something. Like, put a name on it. They are so bad at continuity, they didn't name it so that when they inevitably say something contradictory, you can't catch them in a lie. That's a good point. Totally, because then you can't be like, actually, that's not a symptom of this. Yeah. They literally, like, they were like, oh, go, we gotta avoid our own crap. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Hermione starts crying about it. Hermione, he's your abuser. Yeah. Seriously. And she she knows it at this point. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And I do have sympathy for her, but I, at the same time, I don't understand why she's still there. Yeah. Yeah. So Veronica got into Barnard and everybody is so happy about it. Um, Hiram is happy even though he wanted her to go to Harvard, like, really bad. I'm, I'm so confused by this because, like, he stopped her from going to every college that she applied to and didn't she have a successful interview with oh yeah columbia yeah mm-hmm. hmm like what happened to that yeah i don't know like and what the hell is barnard is that a real school i th- yeah. think so i didn't look it up because i assumed it was barnard college it's a women's liberal arts college yeah like it's a great school a private women's liberal arts college located in manhattan i mean okay so that's really cool for her but like what happened to all of the other av- they, they literally, this episode, they're like, we don't like what we're doing with Veronica's plotline this, this season. Let's just, like, end all of it. Like, the entire episode, every, si- like, I, I yelled it during the Hiram reveal, but every moment of this episode, I was like, why am I supposed to care? Mm-hmm. Why why do I care? Exactly. I had Frank for three episodes, and if he, and if anybody touched him, I would applaud them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say, please take take him him away. (laughs) So now she's also going by Lodge again. And I did like the moment where she was like, don't like freak out about it, dad. And like, sue me. And he's like, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's Veronica. Yeah. I don't have anything to say. Yeah. 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 Tony? Yeah. I have that. Tony thinks Fangs is dealing drugs again. He's not doing anything illegal. Just something gross. (laughs) (laughs) Tony wants in on the tickle biz. (laughs) No! At the Maple Club, Tony welcomes a new customer. It's Dick St. Clair. He got into Harvard. He sucks. Cheryl sees him and it terrifies her. Cheryl tells Tony about how Nick drugged and attempted to assault her before she was rescued by Veronica, Josie, and the Pussycats. She thought she'd moved past it, but she hasn't. Tony says something similar happened to her in the past and it took a while, but she's been able to work through it. Tony goes, I can't talk today. Okay. Tony goes back to work and she has a plan for a revenge. She takes Nick to a private room and drugs him. Sound familiar? When Nick wakes up the next morning, Tony shows him her blackmail. She's got all the power here and I'm kind of here for it even though I'm also uncomfortable. Tony tells him if he ever comes back to Riverdale, thinks about Cheryl or hurts another woman, she'll ruin his life with the tickle tape. <coughs> Tony, Cheryl, Fangs, and Kevin watch the tickle tape and toast to their victory. It's kind of sweet. The end. That's basically it. Okay, so first of all, Fangs, why are you doing this to yourself, man? <laughs> Tony says, can I get on the in on the hustle? And Fangs says, yes? Yeah. So is Is this just a dude thing or no? Why does Tony need it? Why did I think it was a dude thing? Tony, she needs to diversify her interests. She can't depend on Cheryl for a stipend all the time. I mean, I guess, but like, she's a really talented photographer. Couldn't Mm -hmm. she be Mm doing- Maybe she's going to be their videographer. Oh no. Terry, you're out of a job. (laughs) Bye, Terry. (laughs) 
So Tony sees Nick St. Clair. She's got that customer service voice. She sure does. And mm-hmm. uh, and she uses her full name. Well, not her full, full name, but she says Antoinette. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is it still called the Maple Club? Like the Maple Club was the name of the brothel. Yeah. I think maybe to like lure people in. Yeah, it's not a brothel anymore. So I'm Plus, if they sure if they rename it, then people are going to ask questions. Whereas if it's the Maple Club, people will be like, oh, I thought that closed. Weird. And then they'll just go on with their day. Right. Okay. And yeah, it would, it's still on theme too, to be selling maple flavored cocktails. Mm-hmm. Ooh, good point. So Nick St. Clair gets to go to Harvard when he doesn't deserve it. Um, I'm really glad that Veronica doesn't have to go to Harvard with this douche nozzle. Same. Absolutely. So they all got into Harvard because they're rich, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, he's scoping out a place for a party because he's like, yay, we all don't deserve things. I'm kind of confused by part of this because I'm like, did they only bring him back just to have Tony dunk on him because they didn't have anything to do for Tony? Well, that's, I think that's the whole, re- like, that's, there's kind of like a butterfly effect thing happening here because it's like, okay, so Nick St. Clair comes back so that they can give Tony for something to do. But the way that they need, they set up the Nick St. Clair is, Clair thing is with the tickling thing last episode, you know? So you're just like, okay, so why did we need the tickling thing if it wasn't for Nick St. Clair? And if Nick St. Clair is only here for Tony, like what's the point of Tony standing up to her? You know, like there has to be something going forward or else it was literally for nothing. And I mean, it's Riverdale, so it's probably literally for nothing. I think it was pointless because, um, it's just weird. Like, sometimes, I feel like mid-season, it happens a lot for Riverdale. They sort of, like, don't know what they're doing, and they cram a bunch of crap in that mm-hmm. doesn't yep. mean anything. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the things that just happened. Agreed. Cheryl has this tendency to, like, see, th- walk into a room, see something, and then scream. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, And does. I thought that she was gonna do that, and I was like, God, please don't do that. You're gonna ru- ruin your business. Everyone's gonna be like, hello? <laughs> I think it was much more realistic that she didn't do this, because this yeah. is a real mm-hmm. trauma for yeah. Like, oh yeah. This is something that I think the show at least has tried to take seriously, which is kind of shocking from them. Mm-hmm. But you can tell they were like, okay, we, we have to actually pull this one off. Yeah. Well, it's like, especially with all of the stuff with like Donna and stuff that they're not taking seriously. It's like, what makes yeah, this special? The Donna stuff is confusing. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting that Cheryl never told Tony about Nick St. Clair. Like Tony was in the show at this point. She just wasn't with Cheryl. I thought like I expected when Tony heard, oh, my name Mr. St. Clair that she would have been like because I just like assumed like they've been together for years that she would have told her about it but I guess she didn't what are your guys' thoughts on that? I think it makes complete yeah. sense that she wouldn't. Because, like, you only really, like, go into your traumas like that when something happens that, like, brings them up. Because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of the time you don't re- want to remember those things. Exactly. So I think it's completely reasonable that she wouldn't until now. But I do think it's very healthy that she does tell her, like, pretty immediately. everything, like, when they're talking. Yeah. And I'm glad that, like, they weren't like, why didn't you tell me? It was very much like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, I absolutely understand, like, why this is horrible for you. So Tony says that a similar thing happened to her before that she, before she moved here um, and we get no other details of course because we don't know anything about Tony. I went on Tony's Riverdale wiki page um, and it says that she grew up in Riverdale. Well yeah because she went to Southside High and stuff. Yeah and but- her family are legendary serpents. So why would she say before I moved to Riverdale when yeah. she grew up in Riverdale? Like y'all give Tony so little backstory and you forget the backstory that you gave her in season two. Yep. 
That's so friggin' classic. Because if we take this, like, in a way that they, like, did remember this, that means that if she were to have moved to Riverdale, she would have had to move before she was in high school. Or at least, like, because she, like, knew her way around Southside High. Yeah. And Jughead came in at in, like, grade 10, grade 11. So, like, it's, like, implying that something happened to her as a kid, which is, like, not, I don't, I don't think that's what they're going for. Like, yeah. it's a little no. too dark for what they're what I think they're going for. So, like, anyway, it's just, like, confusing and inconsistent. I think that, like, it could be swept away by being, like, before she moved to, like, the nice side of Riverdale. Right. Like, the south side. But that happened, but, like, two months ago. Yeah, which means it could have happened, like, a year ago. You know what I mean? I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, so we get no other information, and this revenge is still all about Cheryl. Yep. Yeah. Even when it's about Tony, it's about Cheryl. Yeah. So they say that they'll work through it. Um, Nick St. Clair, next uh, scene, Nick St. Clair calls her sweetheart, time to puke. This is no longer a brothel, but he doesn't know that. He sure doesn't. And he's like, oh, great. I love how the dudes beside him are like, nice, get going, bro. <laughs> Everyone else is like, oh, you clown. Yeah. So um, Nick was drugged and made a tickling video with Fangs and Kevin. Okay, great. Okay. Um, Wait. And before he even knows about that, he's made to think that he had a three with two men and of course like a man like that is a huge homophobe, homophobe. Yep. so he's probably like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me okay so what do we think about the morality of them using this against him i think that if it were anything grosser than tickling or like more sinister than tickling that i would feel very very uncomfortable about it but it's not it's just a stupid like tickling video yeah so i'm like that's the only reason why i think it works i would be very disappointed and upset if they had like stooped to having her like drug him do and, what they imply yeah. at the beginning of the scene yeah Right, because that's like just as bad as as yeah. he as he is. Like, um, yeah, like rape doesn't constitute rape. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um. So Tony's laptop has stickers that say "Pretty Poisons" and "Vixen's Spirit." She got heckin' Pretty Poisons merch. That's so cool. That is really cool. Um. So yeah, now it's blackmail and cool. Is this the end of the tickling storyline? I wish it was, but um, I doubt it. I hope it is. I hope it is. Me too. But, like, I don't know if it will be, so... Like, they've tied it up, and now I'm like, okay, let's put it away. You know, there's still so many episodes of the season left, and Kevin has so many things to do. Yeah, like, yell about Hedwig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, this is great. I love seeing Tony going up against something that she believes in and yeah. um, being the badass that we know she is. Unfortunately, it's just all in the name of Cheryl, which is like great because they're in a relationship and she loves her girlfriend, but I just wish Tony would do something in her own interest. Yeah, agreed. You know, uh, every time that she does anything, I'm like, okay, but it's about Cheryl. Exactly. Yeah. And not everything that Cheryl does is in the name of Tony. So why is everything that Tony does in the name of Cheryl? You're absolutely correct. Um, so they watch the video for fun like if I was Fangs I'd be like I'm embarrassed <laughs> if I was Fangs or Kevin I'd be like uh this isn't for the consumption of my friends I I kind of like that they did that though so like I wouldn't even get paid for this we did this for fun <laughs> oh my god yeah like you guys are idiots and then Kevin says what they would call him in the biz I'm like why do you know business lingo like how long has it been it's been like right two, three minutes. days that you've been in this like yeah. okay whatever and we get Fangs and Tony content I said thank you so finally I love it doesn't even feel like they were really doing this like on purpose but Fangs Tony and Sweet Pea were like the three amigos in in season two mm -hmm. and yeah. i loved them like my favorite found family was like the real core four that i always that i dreamed of in my heart <laughs> which was those three in jughead it was like the best yes it was amazing i loved it and it just feels like the show 
puts, like, since they just picked Tony out of that storyline and put her with Cheryl, now Tony forgets who she grew up being friends with. Exactly. You know, like, Betty and Archie are best friends because they literally grew up together. And Tony and Fangs would have grown up together as serpents at Southside High, and it just doesn't feel... It's just, like, nice to see them interact and, like, be together. And actually be friends again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then my last note for this storyline was just that Fangs is like cuddling a stuffy or something and that's just like very him. It was so He's cute. so cute. It's like I always say every time Fangs does something like goofy I always think like that's not Fangs that's Drew. But it started happening so often that like I think it's Fangs. Yeah. Fangs is <laughs> just kind of a goof. Mm-hmm. How cool is it that there were four queer characters in one scene though? Yeah. Oh fun. Like that's kind of cool. I love that. As much as Riverdale sucks sometimes you get things like that and you're like okay. Okay fine. you can stay. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I'll put up with it. <laughs> so, before we go into the next storyline, I f- totally forgot that we have thoughts from listeners. I don't know where my brain was at, but, um... God, Robin, get it together. So sorry. But I do have a few things to bring up. So, we had a tweet from Mandy, who is at Short Socklings, um, and she said that she was really surprised that Betty didn't do what she thought was the <sighs> obvious thing. I just remembered what this is! With, with the piece of paper, which was, try and frame Brett. Right. That would have been so much smarter Mm -hmm. which she fully didn't do and then I kind of thought of the point like if Brett's the one who like presented this to the police or to Principal Honey or anything Brett you're on the opposing team like in what world would Mr. Honey not think that potentially Brett planted this in in Betty's garbage exactly you know yeah like he just took him at his word which I think goes back to our theory that Mr. Honey is a Stonewall graduate. Or, or just a sexist. Or DuPont's son, which is what Casey thinks. Oh, right, 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 mm-hmm. right. And then our friend Joanna, who is at Very Decima, she also sent us some thoughts. Mm-hmm. No thoughts. Head empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, me. <laughs> she said that Archie's storyline is actually her favorite, in part because of Tom Keller, because she loves Tom Keller. Same. Uh, but she also loves, through Frank, getting to know more about Fred, seeing about this place where he spent most of his adult life, and... She's really interested in Frank and how he interacts with people, the way they know him, and especially curious to see him with FP and Hermione, um, since besides Mary, they were the closest to Fred. Yes. If, I we, ha- if we ever get to see him with them. Right. Like, won't. it seems like he's gone, and also, FP and Frank acted like they didn't know each other. Yeah. And I was like, would you not? I like, guess not. This is weird. I mean, I guess FP was a deadbeat at the same time, so. That's true. Um, Joanna also brought up the fact that, like, I had said that, um, Brett must have been tipped off, because why else would he go through her garbage? can um and joanna says that he seems like he would be the type of person to just not believe that he could have lost mm-hmm. and so he just tried to find a reason for it and so he probably looked in everybody's room that's, that's a great point genuinely genius yeah probably yeah yeah i think that is more than likely but i genuinely think if he hadn't found anything he could have just planted it and he would have and he would have the means yeah and literally betty could have said he planted it yeah but then they would believe brett because he's a straight white man and he's rich Yep. All right, Archie. Archibald. I just, even like summarizing this plot line, I was like, y'all just wasted so much time here when Archie could have been doing the community center plot line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Archie. Mary is out of town, which makes me less interested in this plot already. An old army buddy of Frank's shows up. His name is Ted, and he's a totally chill guy. He tells them that one of their old friends died of cancer. Archie invites him to join them for dinner because he's a good boy. They all get along so well that Archie offers to let Ted crash. That Archie offers to let Ted crash at the house. Great idea, dummy. The next morning, Archie bounces for school, and Frank arranges to take Ted to the bus. He gets a call from his friend Ducky's wife, June. Honestly, none of these names are important. <laughs> Telling him that Ducky was murdered. Ted attacks. Frank with a knife and Archie shows up just in time to knock him out. He forgot his phone. 
A knife! Ted escapes. Frank explains that a few years ago, he took Ted up on a job offer that turned out to be mercenary work. The company that hired them is probably paying Ted to kill the rest of their unit, so they're gonna need backup. They go to FP, who is totally down. Archie has Frank lure Ted to the gym to trap him. FP and the serpents catch him. Ted says Frank broke some sort of code, but like, isn't murdering your friends breaking a code? No, go off. Anyway, Frank needs to get out of town and away from where the feds can find him. Ted fakes his death to trick a cop and breaks out of jail. He finds Archie and there's this big fight that doesn't matter. Anyway, Frank hits Ted with a trophy. The feds arrest Ted. They're also looking for Frank. Archie convinces him to cut a deal. Psych! Frank bounces in the middle of the night and thankfully his stupid plot is over. Yay! Archie and FP bond over Frank and Fred. Archie says that his path should basically follow Fred's. I had so much hope for Frank at the end of last year. Like at the be- at the very end of the mid-season finale yeah i was like oh this is gonna be awesome and every episode that happens i'm like ugh, and i just hate frank more be like this was a waste of my time as a viewer mm. this is a waste of ryan robbins acting talent mm. it's true like oh it's just bad i deeply do not care about any of like I was supposed to care about some random man and all those random people from his random past who are trying to murder him and all the bad things he's done. I don't care. I don't. <sighs> so we're told that Mary is on a case, so at least they're telling us where she is. Mm-hmm. She's not taking a nap, so that's for sure. So this guy is named Ted Bishop, and I looked up Ted on Archie Comics Wiki. Okay. Or on the um, like Wikipedia page for Archie Comics characters. Okay. And it took me a long time because I just had to search Ted and I get stuff like at the end of Disappointed and, uh, you know, just like a whole bunch of words. There were 92 Teds. <laughs> and I looked so sorry. And I looked through them all to see if anyone was named Ted. And there was a guy named Tough Teddy Tambourine, but it doesn't seem like he's relevant. Oop. <laughs> so all that time was just wasted. That's right. I'm so sorry. So Greg died and there were some Gregs on the Wikipedia thing, but um, they also didn't seem like they were relevant, relevant, giving me any type of foreshadowing, so didn't matter. So did Greg die of cancer or did Ted kill Greg? Oh, Ted. Oh, no, he definitely him. killed him. Okay. He's like, hey, buddy, I, I, I came to tell you that uh, I Greg's murdered dead. Greg because I killed him. <laughs> So Ted knows Fred's name, so they must have been pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I think they were genuinely good friends. Yeah, sure. So like, hey, Ted, bit of a betrayal, my man. Yeah, that code breaking, as I said. So Frank saved Ted's life, even though he'd already been shot, and now he's trying to kill him. I Once feel again, like Ted, not great. There was definitely some resentment there when, like, when they were t- having a conversation. It was like, you got shot anyway, and you kept going. I was like, why do you resent him for this? Mm. Like, is it because she, he, they, like, he was a war hero or something? Right, it's like that he got the medal and you didn't or yeah, something? Yeah, I don't know. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we're gonna see Ted again, thank goodness, so no. I don't think it matters. That's a good point. So we can good just move on, which yeah. is great. Damn, you right. Um, Archie, stop offering for people to stay in your house that you don't know. Right. God, he's just a doormat. I love him and he's so dumb. Like, why didn't he get murdered at some point? Because he keeps fighting strange men in his home. I'm just so confused as to why Ted was like, okay, I'll get a good night's sleep and then I'll kill kill Frank. When he could have just killed Frank in his sleep. Right. Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Like, I don't know why he spent the whole night and then ate all of his breakfast with them before trying to kill him. So not, a, not only are you a murderer, but you're a crap murderer. Yeah, you're just not very good either. Like, he, he could have just, like, straight up strangled him in the night. It would have taken like nothing. And like Archie wouldn't have heard it. Yeah. He sleeps like a brick. Smother them with a pillow. That's how Desdemona died in Othello. Exactly. Every time Robin has a pillow in her hand, she goes, hey, you know how Desdemona died in Othello? <laughs> and she tries to smother me. 
<laughs> Please don't smother my wife. Okay. But it is how Desdemona. That's how that's how Othello smothered his wife, Desdemona. <laughs> in Othello. <laughs> have you tried not murdering people lately? <laughs> I have yet to murder someone. Alright. You verbally murdered me a few times. Hmm? Notice how I said of yet. Oh, oops. I should be afraid. <laughs> so Archie says that he's just running to school, and I really love when they mention that they go to school. Yeah, because sometimes oh, you forget yeah. that these are teenagers who need he to be really, educated. He really does seem just like a little boy who needs to go to school in this scene, which I love for him. He's, he's literally nice just like, way. okay, nice to meet you, bye, I have to go to work, or I have to go to school. Like, I, I know we spend the most time at Jughead school right mm-hmm. now. But Archie is the one who feels still most like a teenager. Yeah. yeah so weird, right? Yeah. So Betty's not in school because she's suspended. And Veronica's not in school because she's in New York and doing her interview for college. So, uh, and Jughead doesn't go to that school anymore. So Archie has no friends. Oop! Oh, he doesn't, does he? Not really. Just why Kevin was there magically. I guess. So they're like, hey, that kid's a good kid. He's like, yeah, just like Fred. Like, Stop oh, okay. it with that. Stop I mean, at it. least he said it to someone else and not to, like, say something to... Archie this time, which is yeah. Well, doesn't he also say it to Archie in this episode? I think so. Again, I don't remember, but either way, like he just keeps telling people that Archie's just like Fred, and you know what? Now it's heavy-handed. Yeah. Now it's too much. We get it. Put some back. So he gets a call from an unknown number, and it's June. Um, and Ducky was murdered. Who the hell is Ducky? One of the other guys, I guess. Um, Archie saves Frank because he forgot his home, his phone, but um. Ted is still out here, and Archie does a sit fall. So a sit fall is like a very, very basic stage fall um, in which you just basically like sit and then pretend that you fell. Yeah, and Robin demonstrated it for us after I asked her what she was talking about, and it was hilarious. Yeah, so he did a sit fall, and you know what? Honestly, it's okay because he takes some real shots this ep. Yeah. So I'll allow the sit fall. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. He needed it because his head got bashed in. Honestly, the move that KJ does in the fight scene where he just goes down and I was like, oh, is your nose yeah. okay, bro? Bro, he hits his chin on the floor. Yeah, like, I'm like, oh god, is that it, man That right? move hurt my teeth. Yeah, like, yeah. Just watching mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So we learned that Ted hit Frank up to be a mercenary. And Frank was like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, I need the money. So can anybody talk about what a mercenary is? Because the only way Okay. Don't you just kill people for hire? It's a killer for hire. Kind. Well, that's an assassin. I mean, basically. But it's like more military work, I feel like. Okay, so there's this running joke in my friend group wherein um, I don't know things and the only reason that I know them is because they were on Lost. Oh, here we go. It's a professional soldier hired to serve in a foreign army. So he's a mercenary because he was a soldier. Basically, the only way that I knew the word mercenary is because there were mercenaries on Lost in season four. Well, there you go. There's this man in Lost who's a mercenary, and his name is Martin Keeney, and he (gasps) personifies mercenaries. So when he said, I was a mercenary, I was like, ugh, you were a (laughs) Keeney. Yuck. You stink of Keeney. It smells like beef and cheese. (laughs) What? I don't know. That's just where my brain went. (laughs) That's really specific, Sam. It smells like beef and cheese. What does that have to do with anything? Did somebody hurt you? No. That's just the voice you were doing. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> That's what Archie had for love. I'm like trying to relate this to Riverdale, but there's no doing it. I wish this was. I wish this made sense by itself because I would put it at the top, but it just doesn't. 
God bless you, baby. That's Robin. No, she was talking about. I was saying, oh. God bless you, baby. I thought you were blessing Robin because she's. No, she was doing her little cough thing. <laughs> what does that mean? A little cough thing? Like a little Robin thing. What's that? Other people don't cough? I've got myself into a hole, okay? I've Whatever. got myself into a hole. Anyway. I didn't mean it as an insult. <laughs> so the company is killing off their other guys to tie up loose ends, I guess. This is a really messy plot line, and I don't like it. I don't really yeah. care about it. So, like, three different times this episode, Archie says, turn yourself in, come forward, and things will be better. Like, he says it a lot. Like, three separate times, I'm pretty sure. And Frank says he's not going to do that, at least this first time. Mm-hmm. Then they go and see FP, and it's like it's like they never met, even though... They've definitely met. They yeah. would have met, for sure, because FP was Fred's best friend, right. and Frank is his young younger brother so right. he would have been around do you think like sometimes the adult actors especially read this and go huh <laughs> like should oh, our characters yeah. have met before yeah and then oh like, for sure uh, whatever mm-hmm. so sam i would like your opinion on this line specifically okay okay fp says this okay he says i know what it's like when the past comes knocking your thoughts <laughs> i'm currently thinking of the gum scene mm-hmm. explain the gum scene if, if somebody has if somebody isn't as well versed in snake parents content if you are not familiar with the gum scene it is a scene in season two where alice shows up on fp's doorstep after giving a a, a rousing speech <laughs> of how she's not going to ignore her past anymore and how she wants to help the serpents and not not make them like not talk against them like she has been doing and uh she has like undone several buttons of her blouse and put on red lipstick and judged her hair (laughs) she goes to knock on his door and he spits his gum out and welcomes her into his home (laughs) truly iconic (laughs) i forgot that that was in season two because it was so long ago now yeah Season two and nothing's happened was great. Then. Season two was the best season of Riverdale, and I will shout it from the rooftops. Yeah, there are so many people who dislike season two, and I'm like, I can't agree with you. I love season two for a bajillion reasons. Oh, absolutely. Number one, number one, Grundy died. Just kidding, you guys. It's because Sweet Pea and Fangs showed up. <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought she was about to say, like, snake parents. I was like, yeah, same. Man, season two. I mean, that too, but. Season two was the best season of Riverdale, and there's there's no arguing with that. You know what? I'm really, I'm really pulling for season five, but, uh, because season four has not lived up to it, that's for sure. Yeah, but the thing about TV shows is. It's probably just gonna keep going downhill. Mm. Like, I could give season, season four could, season four could top season three for me because I did not like season three past the first, like, seven episodes. So it could, it could come back in the last half and, like, bring it home if it, like, focuses on, uh, the two plots that I care about. Yeah. (laughs) So FP says, as a vet and as a serpent. So, first of all, he's a serpent and also a veterinarian. (laughs) I hate Robin! (laughs) Like, you had that, you wrote that joke out, didn't you? No, I didn't. (laughs) I truly thought you were reading that joke, like, had it prepared, like, this is the funniest thing you'll ever see. Well, I wrote as a vet and as a serpent, and then I thought to myself when I wrote it, I'm gonna make a veterinarian joke, but I didn't write it out because I can remember. Okay. Proud of you. Thank you. Um, did we know that FP had been in the military? Yes. Yeah. We did? Yeah. yeah. Can you remind me? Uh, I'm pretty sure he says something about it in season two, because I remember having a lot of snake parents headcanons. Oh my gosh, yes! 
we had so many headcanons about, about like, like him leaving yes. while she was pregnant and then and, him like, not knowing she was pregnant yep. and then her like just pretending it was Hal's and then when he came back and he found out they had a baby and he was mm-hmm. like what yeah oh my gosh I totally remember that you're right that was like season two stuff yeah yeah okay yeah yeah okay I'm with you again totally so they're gonna lure Ted to the gym. <laughs> I love that they didn't forget that the metal detector was there. I guess it was just like there on set and they were like, oh yeah, I guess walk through <laughs> there. Sure, whatever. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so after he gets arrested by a very um handsome FP who's arresting somebody in his serpent's jacket, which so is handsome. Exciting. I think it's really funny that he's like, I'm bringing all the serpents, I need backup, and then he literally just like handcuffs them and it's right. over. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not oh, sure. Okay, that was anti I don't know why you paid for all these background actors. <laughs> Give me serpent Alice! So now he says that everyone's fair game, which means that he's gonna go after, like, all of his loved ones. Mm Mm-hmm. But actually, I'm only gonna go after one of them because immediately, um, the first one (laughs) thwarts me. Right. Yeah. Also, I don't know any of your other loved ones. I only know- He's like, all of them are fair game. Except I only know one other one, so. And, like, Fred's already dead. Yeah. Yeah. I really loved the moment where he was like, what about Frank Andrews? Are you gonna go after Frank Andrews? And FP's like, I don't know a Frank Andrews. Who's that? Um, I don't know who that is. That's so weird. And you're like, oh, the sheriff in this town is corrupt. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> but it's it, but it's towards something that I support, so I'm fine with it. Yeah, he's like sure. a, he's he's good in our book. He's a good bad guy. Yeah, honestly. A good like, bad boy. A <laughs> good bad boy. A half, half good, good half, half bad, bad half boy. <laughs> <laughs> but like, my, one of my favorite characters is named F.P. Jones. And mm-hmm. so I care if the sheriff is leaning towards, is like on the side of F.P. Jones is doing stuff for the good of F.P. Jones. And luckily the sheriff is F.P. Jones. So that's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. 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 I wouldn't want to go up against <laughs> Luckily I am me. <laughs> F.P. to F.P. <laughs> <laughs> So he's like, Frank, where will you go? Because Frank is going to run away now. And he says, I'm, I'm going to go head up to Canada. I'll maybe go to Alaska. Stay out of Canada. Get to Alaska immediately. Stay out of Canada. And also, if you we see don't want bear, you here. We don't want bear, you. Tell it high. Archie, Archie hasn't seen him in a while. Yeah. Also, they're supposed to be in, like, New York. It's going to take you a while to get up to Alaska, friend. Yeah, like, do the writers know where Alaska is? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they do. Um, I am on Fred's side here where he says, like, go to the feds. And Frank says, I will probably just be made into a scapegoat. Fred. But Frank says that he will probably just be made into a scapegoat and he'll be the only one that goes down for it. And you know what? Probably true. You know what? That's fair. But it's like, also, what if you hadn't killed people? Right. That's on you. (laughs) Like, a lot of other veterans choose other jobs that aren't killing people Mm -hmm. for money. So here's the moment that you were just talking about, Brittany. He says, if you run now, you'll never stop running. And he goes, you're you're just like Fred. It's like, so Fred, (sighs) so... I need to count how many times in these past three episodes that he said, wow, you're so much like Fred. I bet it's over 10. But that that implies that Fred said to him, stop running. Get some help. Get some help. (laughs) And he didn't take his advice. And it's just too bad because it's like now his brother has passed away and now someone else is giving him the exact same advice, but he's not even going to take it this time. No, he's not smart enough to. Yeah. Well, it's not that he's smart enough to. I think it's that he doesn't think that it's an option for him. Like, to give him credit. Yeah. So Ted pretends to be dead and gets away, and um, the guard that he attacks is named Tubby. Oh, no! Oh, I do uh, like... That's what I call Cody! <laughs> 
I do like how um, Archie's on the phone with FP and he's learning these sort of things. And Ted, presumably, is just like standing behind Archie and waits for him to get off the phone with FP. Yeah, he's like, oh, what's the tea? He's like, he's like, well, I don't want to be rude. <laughs> yeah, I got, he, he has to, well, it's like, that's why he didn't kill uh, Frank in his sleep. Right. He's like, that would be rude. I won't, don't want to do that. I wonder if he, that part of that code is why he didn't kill Frank in his sleep. Mm. He like wanted to give him a fair shot at his own life. Right. But here's the thing. If Frank had killed Ted then the company would probably just hit up Frank to take over killing the rest of them. Like, I wonder... Oh, yeah, good point. I wonder if Ted was, like, the second iteration or the third iteration of the people. Like, it's like it's like they're putting them up against each other, and then whoever wins moves on to the next round. The Hunger Games. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, also, I have no reason to think that. I'm just making that up. I, yeah, I think that just sounds far more interesting than when the actual truth is. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Ted, Archie was really nice to you. Yeah, you big jerk. And I find what you're doing to be rude. Hurt and hurtful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Archie gets really messed up. Uh, in Like, he seems, to be honest, like, pretty fine <laughs> afterwards, which is really interesting because he goes through a lot. Yeah, I was like, how are you still walking? Like, you good, bud? I wish that I could choose that shrug that Archie gives to Kevin as my favorite line <laughs> word. I understand. Um, it was such, it was one of the best physicality moments yeah. to date on Riverdale. KJ is going up and up in my book, and that was just iconic. And actually, I did choose it as my honorable mention. Good. Good. Yeah. There are other students here in the school. Like, you see one or two walking around oh, in, in the background. Yeah. So it's like, mm, mm, oopie. Not safe. It was There's just... like kids walking around and I'm like, so no one came running when they heard one of their fellow students get the crap beaten out of them? Like someone like, is that a sink being broken by a human body? It was just like, ah, another day in Riverdale. I was just <laughs> going to say, they probably are just so used to that. As Josie yeah. says, it's the murder capital of the world. <laughs> so Frank hits Ted with a football trophy and it says something of the year on it. Player or something Sports like that. Football. I don't know if, like, is that relevant? No. no. It, it seemed like it was because it, like, was the trophy was thrown, like, exactly in the perfect spot. So it's like, am I supposed to be paying attention to the fact that it's a football trophy? I don't know. Well, I didn't. Like, Archie isn't even playing football anymore. Like, he had his last football game. So I don't know. Either way. He says, it's over now. Is it? I hope so. I hope so. Because, like, y'all went through a lot. Yeah. And for some reason, you're still walking? Right. Um. So Ted has been picked up by the police, but they are also looking for Frank. He says that he'll turn himself in, you know, because Archie's telling him to do it for the third time. Uh, but then he runs away um, and leaves Archie his award for courage. Yeah, I think he... I guess. I think, like, this time it was because he knew he didn't deserve it. Did he carry it around with him? Probably. It's okay. a, that's a huge honor. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's just, like, too bad that then he became a mercenary. He's just like, Archie, you're braver than I am. You deserve this more. Gotcha. It's so true, too. Mm. Um, so FP shows up, and he's just in his kitchen now, and you know what? FP is his is Archie's next door neighbor. Yeah. So Archie could literally just text him and be like, want to come over for breakfast? And FP could be like, oh, I was having it with my family, my beautiful wife, and my children, but sure. <laughs> I think that's cute! He's like, I gotta go check on my other son. Yeah. No, not Charles. The other one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, not Charles. Just gives Alice a kiss on the way out the door and goes next door to Well, like, Jughead isn't Archie. there, so it's like, literally, he's just sitting around with his beautiful wife and his two daughters. Oh! Because it's just Betty and Jellybean. That's the show I want to watch. Jellybean? Rip. Just kidding, she like, did not. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, around? My next note was just, can this be the end of the Frank storyline? And I, I hope it is. I oh, hope please. it is also. If, oh, if we get more from it, I'd like it to just be, like, a mention. Like, yeah. I get- Or I a letter. Yeah, or a letter. Sure. I hope that, like, the only point of this was Molly Ringwald is busy and we need someone to, like, watch Archie for a weekend. Yeah. 
But, like, then FP, get FP to do it. Right. You know? Ugh. Yeah, like, wait, if we really stopped and thought about it, what was the point of this plotline? It's probably gonna come to back. To take up time! Ugh. Well, it's kind of like, it's like, what was the point of, like, Veronica rebelling against her dad here? Yeah. Well, I guess there wasn't one. Yeah. yeah. It's just to take up time. Okay. Also, when Archie went on the run uh, all by himself, he went up to Canada, just like Frank says he's going to, and he got attacked by a bear. Bye, Frank! Good luck! <laughs> Plus, Archie said that he boxed a bear once to Frank, <laughs> so I'm just saying. Frank's like, all right, I can do that. He's like, I'll be ready. Um, and then Archie just talks about he wants to be a man of honor like Fred was. I loved my that man. little monologue. I thought it was awesome. That's yeah, that man. was soft. Hey, Brittany, can you tell me about Patreon? Yeah, Patreon is a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. Tell me more. Well, like, for example, we have a Patreon. Um, oh, it's cool. called patreon.com slash the aficionados, like, in case you haven't heard of it. <laughs> oh, is that what it's called? Yeah, that's what it, no, that's the whole thing, that's what it's called. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, like, don't laugh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't realize it was so serious. Yeah, otherwise you owe me money. Okay. God. I gave you four dollars. It's true, you did. You did give me four dollars today. What was that yesterday? Was that today? Yesterday? <laughs> that's okay. Who cares? Our anyway. lives are a string of giving each other four dollars back and forth. <laughs> Oh, to be a set of roommates who give $4 back and forth to each other from, from time, time to time. time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> basically our donation started a dollar a month and that buys you early access to our pods by at least 24 hours and a postcard that we uh, design each year and send to you. And also, I forgot. <laughs> you, know what uh, you know what I'm focusing on right now? I really have to pee. <laughs> Well, you can as soon as you keep finishing your talk about Patreon. What can they do if they can't afford to donate? Oh, just like tell your friends about our podcast because that's helpful. And what else could they do? Maybe share a link. What? Maybe they could rate us. On oh iTunes. yeah, you could leave us a review on iTunes. We like those. Yeah, even if you don't, even if you just do the little stars, that's yeah. helpful. I mean, like in all seriousness, like we rely on our Patreon funds to pay for five SoundCloud streams that are almost two hundred dollars each. So. We really do need help. Please help us. Please help us provide content for you. Yeah. You get to listen to this podcast for free, and we want to continue offering it for free, but it's not free to make. Um, and this is a, it's a, something we do because we like to do it. You know, I accidentally monetized my hobby, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, moving on. Yay, I get to pee. <laughs> you smell like beef. <laughs> is the Betty and Jughead storyline. We split it up into three. We um, split it up into Jughead, which in which we talk about like what happens to Jughead. Then we split it up into Betty, which we talk about what happens to Betty. And then we have a section at the end where we talk about where their storylines converge. Um, so we are starting with Jughead and I did the summary for that. Thank you for your service. No problem. All right, to recap from last episode, Jughead challenged Brett to a duel. Lame. DuPont tells everyone how the duel is going to go. Brett chooses Jonathan as his partner, and Jug chooses Donna. What do we need partners for? What was the point of this scene? Basically, they're going to fence, which Brett wins. Then fisticuffs, which Jughead wins. Literally no contest. It's really quite embarrassing yes. for Brett. Mm -hmm. Then, since it was a tie, they're going head-to-head -head in chess. Yeehaw. <laughs> it's a cool kid. Well, actually, I played, I played chess when I was younger. I can't. Oh, I, I can't was like, ah, man sport. <laughs> 
Except everyone, like, that I know who does any of these sports is a woman and they're better at it than mm. these boys. Really impressed that you know how to play chess, Brittany, because I do not. Um, I learned when I was, like, 12. Mm. I can play checkers. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brett says that if he wins, Jughead has to walk away from the Baxter Brothers contract. Jughead says that's dumb, so he's definitely not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Brett is a goon. Halfway through the game, Brett gets an alarm to tell him that someone's broken into the crypt or whatever, in the archives or whatever. Shenanigans ensue. What a cool dude that he has that set up. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like he has something to, uh... Hide. <laughs> um, and so the rest of that storyline is going to go at the end after we talk about Betty. Cool. I really liked the moment where, um, DuPont was like, Jughead has, uh, has... Challenge you to a duel. Do you accept? And Brett basically goes, I do. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. You're like, all right, well. So they choose Jonathan and Donna and poor Joan. Poor Joan. Poor, poor Joan. Even after she got that Fr- France thing right last episode, everyone's still sleeping on Joan. <sighs> still sad. Yep. Like, I would like to know why Joan deserves to be in the Quill and Skull. I just don't know anything about her, and I, I would her, like to. I want her to be Donna's secret second in the command. I was about to say, I hope she's behind it, not even Donna. Donna's mm. just a liar. Right. Donna says he, she would be a good coach. Why would she be a good fencing coach? I guess Also, he loses. I guess she's good at fencing. Sure, whatever. I mean, you can only coach the, someone who's brand new at something so no, well. The entire reason we had that her be his partner was so that they could say Brett is bad with a sword. Yes, which, uh, in fact, she does say he is mediocre. Yeah, like, mm. which, oh, burn. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm, nice. Like, we didn't need to hear it because we already knew. Like, you can kind of just tell from the way he is. Right. Like, this plot line was set up for a dick joke, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this storyline is basically just like two fights and then some chess in which it's also just kind of then like sitting in silence. So it's not a whole lot to it. Yeah. Um, but basically they're fencing and the first of three points wins. Brett wins. I'm kind of pissed that we didn't get to see acting in this moment though, because mm-hmm. this is actually longer than the one where we actually do get to see acting. Yep. And I would really like to see the moment where... Jughead gets his like sword like pushed out of his hand. Yeah. I would have loved to see Cole's like face of defeat in that moment, you yeah. know? And, and the fact that he was wearing a mask was like kind of disappointing. I was like, oh, that's not Cole Sprouse. Yeah. Uh, Donna looks suspicious. Is she a plant to make Jughead lose? I guess now we know, yeah. Like maybe? Basically. So um, now they're going to punch each other and they're going to go seven rounds, but Jughead's like, we don't need seven rounds. Um, <laughs> this is iconic though. And Brett says that all I'm going to need is a coffin for Jughead, just like I got him on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is big talk from some guy who gets punched once and then goes out. <laughs> it's just so funny. He's like, just like I did this. And I'm like, you are such a loser. <laughs> Like, yeah. he's like, I, I, I bullied this kid this way and this way and this way. And I'm like, okay. Okay, cool. Congrats. Do you think maybe therapy is the thing for you, bud? <laughs> <laughs> um, so then everybody's mean to Jughead, including there being a dead snake in an S on his, uh, in his room, which I think could stand for Stonewall, could stand for Southside Serpents, and could also stand for the S that he always wears on his shirt. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's a lot of things to do with that S. You're like, oh, you guys are jerks. You killed a snake for no reason. Yeah. It stands for sucker. Yeah. I'm a sucker for you. <laughs> Veronica at her quinceanera got a, <laughs> got a preview. 
So then Jughead's like, why does Brett have so many friends? Like, everybody's willing to go against me even just because I punched Brett. I'm like, everybody should be on Jughead's team because they'd be like, actually, Brett, that was embarrassing. Like, the fact that Brett didn't get, like, knocked down 35 cool points after that was a little surprising. But Donna says that people aren't actually his friends. It's just, like, pack behavior, which is the same thing that happened to Moose when, um, when everybody learned that, that, uh, he, like, had the whole, like, midge thing and the whole his dad's a gargoyle king thing. And then everybody, like, hated him because pack behavior happens in this yeah. school. Some mm. of us have some experience with that in our personal lives. Ooh. Yep. Mm. Yep. Interesting. Mm. Um, so everyone's against Jughead, except for Donna, but like, okay. Yeah, I'm who, like, Donna, like, you're who cares? kind of like crazy. Yeah, Donna, you dressed up in a bunny mask with Brett, so like, we don't really trust you. Yeah. Why is no one like, Betty's the only one who seems to like, still be bothered by that. Like, yeah. why did they do that? Yeah. yeah. So Jughead is practicing chess with Betty, and yeah, I guess that's that whole scene is just that he's like practicing. <laughs> so great. And it really reminded me of that like, shot in Pretty in Pink when they're sitting in the windowsill. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's what they were going for. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was so funny that like Brett was like, here's what you have to do. You have to leave the Baxter brothers and I'm going to get the contract. And Jughead's like, no. I'm not going to do that. Why, why would I agree to that? Why would I agree to that? Exactly. Like he's not going to do that. Although apparently he should because apparently Mr. Chipping had like a whole bunch of problems. Yeah, he was, uh, there was something going on there. It's like Brett thinks that he would say yes to it just like because of like honor or whatever. And I'm totally on Jughead's team because I was the kid in like elementary school where people would double dog dare me to do something. Mm -hmm. And I would say no because it'd be, because it was stupid. Same. And if you act cool enough about it, like if someone says I double dog dare you to jump in the lake and you go, no, why would I do that? That's really dumb. I would like, no. Then the kids are like, oh. Like, they don't think you're weird as long as you act like, as long as you don't go, oh, oh no, should I do it? I, no, I don't want to do it. Okay, I'm backing out. You know, as long as, as long as you say it, like, with enough confidence, confidence, then, like, nobody's gonna, like, fault you for it. That's why I loved this moment when Jughead was just like, um, no. Yeah. (laughs) Why would I do that? Like, I used to do that same thing, too. Yeah. When I was always truth or dare, they'd be like, why don't you pick Darren? I'm like, because I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. And, like, Jughead has nothing. Like, if Jughead wins, then what? Right. Then what, what do you did? have to do, Brett? You, you know? have to leave Yale. Then you'd have to develop a personality. <laughs> yeah. Also, I thought it was so ridiculous how Brett says DuPont. Because everyone else says DuPont, and Brett says DuPont. Yeah, because he's a freaking loser. I was like, he's a dipper, Brett. I was like, okay, you're a cool guy, huh? All right. Wish I was that cool. And Brett's like, so I'm going to get the new, like, the contract instead of you. And Jughead's like, even if I didn't get the contract, you wouldn't get the contract because you're a bad writer. (laughs) That was so satisfying. Yeah, it was great. And Brett's like, (laughs) just getting (laughs) to write the the thing that he is. Most most sensitive about. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's that's the thing, thing I'm sensitive, sensitive about. about. So the alarm goes off. Um, it's silent downstairs because he calls it a silent alarm. Obviously, it's not silent up here because he's getting the alarm. Um, but it's silent because because Betty doesn't know about it. And Dupont's like very chill with a recess. We figured out that it's probably because like he ha- has his own like secrets yeah. down there, yeah. and so he'd be chill with it. But like, how much better would it have been narratively if Dupont had said? If you leave this room, you forfeit. It would have been so much better. The stakes would have been so much higher. Yeah, and then yeah. Brett would have had to be like, uh, 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 uh. But instead, Brett's like, cool. And then he just leaves. And I'm like, oh, there's so much potential that they're missing. Right. So the rest of the storyline happens 
um, once they converge. So I think we are going to move over to what happens to Betty this episode. I have what happens to Betty this episode. Great! All right. Alice tries to appeal to Mr. Honey on Betty's behalf, but he's a butthead, so she fails. Mm, mm, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm, I agree. Betty is suspended and can't work on the blue and gold anymore. Also, no problem. Also, Brett wants to file a restraining order against her. What a great day to be Betty. She and Alice decide to do some self-care and delve into exposing Brett and solving Mr. Chipping's death. What? They've got the time? They talk to Mr. Chipping's widow, who doesn't believe Donna and Mr. Chipping were having an affair. Girl, same. Apparently, Mr. Chipping liked to drink, but didn't like writing Baxter Brother books anymore. She gives them a box of Chipping stuff from his desk. It has army pamphlets in it. Betty and Alice meet with Moose, who tells them Mr. Chipping gave him a pamphlet to help him escape the rumors at Stonewall. Actually, Chipping recruited him to play football there, then encouraged him to leave after his past came out. He actually basically bullied Moose out. Brett's video of he and Donna having sex didn't help either. Betty and Alice break into Brett's room to find the tape, but Brett catches them. He says he has no idea what they're talking about, but it is not convincing at all. Also, he might have a tape of she and Jughead. He threatens to tell Jughead about Betty being there if they don't leave, which seems like a really weak threat, actually. Betty concludes the tapes must be where they hold Quill and Skull meetings in the basement. They need to break in while Jug and Brett duel. They succeed and find a stash of tapes, but none with Moose's name on it. Betty stuffs Donna's in her purse and grabs a few more before Brett catches them in the act. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Betty is suspended for a week. She's not the editor anymore and she can't go to prom. And you know what? That's not too bad because last prom, her dad showed up and killed like three people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's true. So like, I mean, if I was her, I'd be like, you know what? I'm kind of turned off by proms now. Also, like, I still don't really understand the, the point of out-of-school suspensions because mm-hmm. it does nothing but encourage kids to like, like, you're, you're basically giving them a vacation. Yeah. Like, I know it goes on their permanent record, but like, I don't know. It just seems like a way to punish kids without having to educate them. Right. I think that like lunch hour detentions are more are more helpful in that regard because yeah. then you're like taking away the free time that they would have had and they're still getting all of their classwork done. Yeah. Like I had an in-school suspension and it was freaking humiliating. Like I had to sit, you have to sit in the teacher's lounge like yeah. I did. I had to sit there and think all day about like why I was there. Mm-hmm. What'd you do? I don't want to get into it. What, what did, did you, you do? do? I didn't actually do anything. That's why I don't want to get into it. Um, You're going to have to cut this out. Okay. So that was weird that sucks dude yeah how long was the suspension a day oh was that that's not too bad then. yeah and i was sitting there and i'm like i knew that i wasn't a bad kid because i was sitting there going but i can't miss band practice yeah <laughs> but like i was like but but i need to go band we have a big concert coming up mm-hmm. and they let me go to band <laughs> that's practice. really cute so brett is going to file a restraining order against betty and you know what after this episode i'm starting to think that maybe that's fair yeah <laughs> I mean, she does keep stalking him, but it's because he's a creep. Yeah, but she, like, breaks into his room and breaks in and, like, tries to steal his stuff. So, like, honestly, if Brett wasn't such a scumbag, then, like, I'd be like, you know what, Brett? You do you, man. Same. (laughs) She seems like a toxic energy in your life. Yeah. (laughs) So Betty and Alice go and start taking down their, the murder board. And I love that she just, like, left it up there in public. With the door open? With the door open. Like, sure. Do you think no one's gonna question this? Mm-hmm. Betty also says about the case, we let the case go cold. No kidding. How many cases have you let go cold, buddy? <laughs> How about the videotapes, bud? It's also the writers were like, oh, we don't have time for this yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was waiting for Chipping's story to come back. So yeah, I'm glad I mean, that it did. Yeah. Betty doesn't believe Donna. And frankly, I don't either. Agreed. But this kind of sucks for victim blaming and victim like believing. Agreed. Yeah. Um, it really like takes us a step back. Yeah. Which has been happening a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, the concept basically is that if a victim says that they were victimized, you believe them. Because. 
Because lying about that, it just causes more consequences. Exactly. And so the fact that they're giving representation on TV to someone who is accusing somebody of something that isn't true really sucks because then it's, then people in real life who watch this are more likely to, if somebody comes to them to tell them that something happened, they're more likely to not believe them. Yeah. Because because of this storyline, basically. Do you um, think that that's why they brought Nick St. Clair back? To show, like, what an actual, like, victim looks like and how to, like, or not how to deal with it, but, like, that real people, this happens to real people, basically? I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, no, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't feel like I have a lot to add to that, but I respect, but I, but I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then Alice goes, is there a Mrs. Chipping? I didn't even consider that there would be a Mrs. Chipping. Like, I didn't even think about that. For some reason, like, young teachers are never married. In my brain. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the fact that he was, like, young, I was like, oh, he's young. He's single. He's he's mingling. He's doing whatever needs to be done. You know, he's just having that party life. And then Um, he definitely won. Yeah. So I, um, I thought that was awesome. Like, I I genuinely, when she said that, I, like, gasped. I was like, oh. I didn't even think about that. So they go and meet Mrs. Chipping, except Mrs. Chipping apparently came to them. Yeah, they, like, she went to their house. Yeah, she was like, sure. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. She says that he wouldn't have had an affair with Donna or anyone. He had problems with drinking, but it was mostly because he was constantly complaining about getting the contract with the Baxter brothers, obviously. Betty is just kind of, like, taking this information in, and I'm like, Betty, tell Jughead not to take the contract. Although he's probably already signed it, but either way, it's like... Betty, warn him or right. something, you know? Then they say, like, why would he kill himself if he, was, if he was finishing his final book for them? Like, he was almost done. And she's like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And we're like, yes. Like, it's like, we no, knew. I think this makes sense. We knew that he, that he, um, that, that he didn't kill himself, you know? Exactly. If that's, if that's what this is telling us. Exactly. But we thought that potentially he could be alive. But I think, like, the way that Mrs. Chipping is kind of portraying it, that she probably saw a body. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's, yeah. So I think Mr. At this point, I think Mr. Chipping is actually dead. But I don't think that it was all a suicide. I agree. And that's my, that's my stance on it at this time. That's why when she was grabbing the tapes, it was like such a shame that she didn't get his. Exactly. I looked for it and everything. Um, There was no Francis or Rupert on the uh, list of tapes. Yeah. So Francis DuPont and Rupert Chipping, neither of them were on, were on the tapes, which is like disappointing because I think like our theory when Jughead like made that confession and he talked about the archives um our theory was that he was going to go in and find chippings and that was going to be like the blowing up of that case right exactly sigh (laughs) um so they see the military pamphlets and of course my brain immediately goes moose also because I saw Cody Kearsley in the guest starring and so I knew he was gonna be back he says that chipping suggested the military to him and chipping actually recruited moose through football the same way he did to Jug with writing but my question is that they are unfortunately forgetting their backstory again mm-hmm. because Moose, after the Gargoyle King debacle, told Kevin he was moving to California with his aunt. Mm-hmm. And so, like, did he never go to California? Or like, did he immediately go to Stonewall? Like, they're just forgetting they're forgetting their own stuff. They, they do it all the time. Why yeah. don't they just check the Riverdale fandom wiki? Yeah, it's all there. Use your own show's wiki, you dummies. Mm-hmm. So then Moose says that Chipping was practically just like pushing him out the door after Halloween. Do you think he was trying to save him from Stonewall? Is that uh, yeah, my question is like what do you why was he doing that? Like that has to be it. Like he m- must have been like trying to save him from like the same fate. Because he knew about the Gargoyle King thing? Or that he just knew that like Moose was not gonna thrive there. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's another mystery. Like they're 
they're just setting us up for another mystery because that's a big question I have for sure. Yeah. Um, Brett had a video of Moose hooking up with Donna because they're their roommates. They or they were like Moose was roommates with Brett as well. Then he talks about the collection. Um, even though we didn't see it this episode, it exists. Yeah, because how would Moose know about it? He wasn't in the Quill and Skull, so he wouldn't like he wouldn't mistake the Quill and Skull collection for a sex tape collection. Right, and also. We saw the video camera in the ice storm, I think. Like, I don't know where it is, but it freaking exists. Yeah. So Alice is like, hey, what? Are we breaking and entering? Yeah, Alice, you're here too. (laughs) Like, you walked into the room also. I love that Alice just kind of, like, had to clarify. She's like, so that is what we're doing. Like, we are breaking this law. And everyone was like, yeah, Alice, you've broken, like, so many other laws, bud. Right. And your husband is the chief. It's gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that we've just decided that FP and Alice are married. Even if they're not married, like, you guys aren't married, you're just engaged, but you call each other your wife, so uh, why can't we do it with Alice and FP? What is expensive? It's true. Yeah. Do you guys think that the, whoever's videotaping the houses, do you think that's gonna tie into all these tapes that Brett has? Like, all There's so many different tapes! Now we, we have archive tapes, we have sex tapes, we have just the videotapes, like, well, uh, uh, y'all never heard of digital? Like, what's tea? I don't know. I don't know. Or where, are they completely where is different? Where someone getting this many VHS tapes? The year of our Lord and Savior, 2019. It is 2020, mm. baby. Ma'am, it's 2020. Oh my god. <laughs> I get it. It's okay. Hindsight. <laughs> hindsight. Uh, um, so Brett shows up and they're like, hey, we know you have the sex tapes. And he's like, maybe I lied to Moose just to like freak him out. And it's like, okay, I would accept that. Except we saw the video camera. And also like, what a weird thing to say. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you just say what tapes? Also, was like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Brett, you're real acting real suspicious. He also was just like, oh, also if, if I had the tape, which I don't, it's a good thing I'm a nice guy because I could really mess you up by releasing it and it's like but if you had denied it flat out you could have gotten away with all of it if he just hadn't told you had moose. to be suspicious yeah and if he just hadn't told moose about it and exactly. he just kept it and then brett is like do you want me to go do you want me to tell jughead that you're here or we can go tell jughead that you're here and they like leave and i'm like why does betty care yeah why does betty care that to make sure that jughead doesn't know like i don't I don't really understand that. But I really like this moment where Brett closes the door and he actually looks pretty shaken up by what just happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish that that had continued on through the episode, but it doesn't feel like it did. No, I don't think it did. Yeah, me neither. And I wish it had been. No. Yeah. Because I really like, I like seeing Brett off his game. Same. Like, if he had been, like, shaken a lot, Mm -hmm. it would have been great. Yeah. So they go into the basement room um, and Betty says, Veronica said it was this way. So is this where the party was? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because I did not clock that at all. Oh, yeah. I didn't- Well, where else would they have had it? I don't know. It just looked like a house basement. Like, I had no- Like, I didn't clock that at all. That's fair. But it does make sense that she would have said Veronica said it was this way because how else would she know how to get there? Exactly. So I liked that. It's not like there's any signs. There's a picture of the original club there, which I thought was interesting. Um, She finds the tapes because the stones are animated differently. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. Like, you guys know that feeling when you're- you're playing a video game and you know that you have to click on that stone specifically because it's the one that's just like doesn't that's animated a little differently that Mm -hmm. was genuinely so funny because you said that like at the exact moment Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well that's exactly what i was thinking yeah so i looked at all of the tapes i tried to read as many as possible and the names that we did know forsyth 
Joan, Jonathan, and Donna. So we have all four of the members of the Quill and Skull. Yeah. But what I thought was interesting was that Brett was not on a tape, as so far as I could see. Where's his tape? So where's Brett's tape? Where's Chipping's tape? And where's DuPont's tape? Those mm-hmm. are the three tapes that I care about. Yep. Like, is the story... Like, when Jughead told his confession, Donna told a different confession. Because the d- confession that we saw on the tape at the end of the episode and the confession that she said to Jughead were different. Totally different. And so... Is Brett's confession that he said to Jughead about the prostitute his actual confession or not? Like, how do we know? You know? Or is that is that even real? Or is that even real? You know? Like, is Donna's even real? Like, she has the scars on her arm. Yeah, remember when Brett and Donna told those messed up stories? But it's like, well, why would she fake that? On? Yeah, that's really messed up. Um, So the other names that I saw on the tapes. Chris, Karen, Mike, Harold, Misty, Becky, Annie, Kate, Molly, Megan, Brooklyn, Landon, and Tiffany. And we had some thoughts about the fact that a lot of them were women. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it feels like Brett keeps a lot of manipulative things on women. Right. And so also now that it's revealed that potentially Donna is the mastermind behind this. Mm -hmm. But Brett does say later that it's his private property. So it's like, who chooses the members of this Quill and Skull? And why are there so many women? Why is is he in charge? I think Donna lets him think that it's his property. Because if anything happens, he'll go down for it. Yeah, and she can't really control him. Exactly. So it's like, don't even try. You know, he's easier to manipulate when he when he thinks he's in charge. Exactly. So Betty grabs Forsyth, Joan, and Donna. That's what we know for sure. Mm -hmm. So obviously Donna, she thinks is the is the sex tape between her and Moose, but it's actually Donna's confession. She has Jughead's confession. Is she going like he specifically says like I've never told anybody that, not even Betty. So like, is she gonna read that one and be like another lie by omission? (laughs) What do you guys think? It probably probably lie by omission. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really like a lie <laughs> but i like the delivery yeah <laughs> so the other one that we know that she grabbed was joan so is this like coming into like the theory that maybe joan is the actual mastermind that she grabbed jones so now she's gonna watch jones and something's gonna happen jughead jones oh <laughs> forsyth jones to reach your honor <laughs> I would like for Joan to secretly be, like, Donna's second-in-command. Right, but sure. But beyond that, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Sometimes we attribute more symbolism to these things than is the necessary. Yeah. think about, which yeah. is kind of a bummer, because, like, but it's kind of fun. are sometimes better um, yeah. than what actually happens. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> all right. All the time. <laughs> so now we are going to do the point in which they converge when Brett walks into the room. Woohoo! All right. Mid-chess match, Brett learns that someone has broken into his secret hideout. Not so secretly, the entire society just runs down there to bust Betty and Alice before they can escape with the tapes, I guess. Betty assumes the tapes are sex tapes, but Brett insists that they're tapes of initiation confessions and they're private property. Betty gives most of them back. Brett and Jug resume their chess match, and Jughead lets Brett win because he's done caring. And like, same. Betty and Alice. <laughs> Betty and Alice look at Brett as they leave and it's uh honestly withering. <laughs> Uh, Bughead are catching up on the couch. He says that he'll kill Brett if he actually has a sex tape of them. And they watch Donna's tape and she tells the same story that she told Betty about chipping. He does, the teacher she lists this time doesn't exist and she uses the exact same language. Betty says she's lying. Is this the mastermind behind this gross Mm -hmm. stuff? They all, they become a horde immediately and it just reminds me of like Brett running in and being like, kill the beast! Yeah. Because they're just like a giant group of like brainless. (laughs) I'm picturing the villagers from Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Got torches. Oh, so, peace, my lord. 
<laughs> so Bread Barge is in, um, and he keeps calling Betty Ponytail. It's a bad nickname. Get some creativity. No, right. like Sawyer did so much better than that. So true. Mm-hmm. So these are actually the Quill and Skull testimonies. He says, um, and also he calls him Jughead. So sometimes he calls him Jughead. Yeah, it's weird, right? And he says it's his private property, but it's not your private property, bro. It's someone else's. It's like I guess because you took it. I. Like, I don't know. It, it's not his. So then they finish the match in the basement. They bring all of the stuff down to the basement. And they so light they, all the candles. Yeah, forget. exactly. Sam, what you said in your summary that Betty gives some of them back. Yeah. Does she? Yeah, she like has to give up most of them. Yeah, he says hand it over. And so she only has mm. the one in her bag left. Yeah, they only have Donna's left. Oh, they only have Donna's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's why I was like, why is she still on? Why didn't you say anything? Because I wasn't sure what you were, like, if you were onto something or not. No, I didn't, I, total, I totally missed that. Okay, I just, like, was, No, she has to give most of them back because she, he's like, hand over my private property. Blah, 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 blah. And he and she and Alice are like, sorry, he, sorry, what? I'm not doing it again. Doing I just again? wish that he would have, like, taken, like, a count or something so he could have checked, you know? Like, that right, seems yeah. like an oversight for him. They finish match in the basement, Jughead four foot, four. Mm. Four forts. Four sites. Fort to fart. <laughs> fart? Jughead forfeits just to basically annoy Brett and yeah. be like, I have more honor than you anyway. I've never yeah. respected him more. And it's like, it's nice because he gets to annoy Brett, but also like at that point, Jughead was probably just like, ooh, I don't know what to do next. I'm probably <laughs> going to lose. Just to, now I'm just going to annoy Brett by losing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So really he, uh, he takes that opportunity. King. Good thing he didn't agree to Brett's stipulations. Right. Right? Because yikes. Um, the stakes would have been much higher. And Riverdale, Riverdale was like, oh, high stakes? No, oh, thank no, we don't you. do that in this house. Um, he says that he doesn't have to prove anything to them because they don't know honor. Ouch. What is he, a Klingon? <laughs> Thank you. I didn't get it. So then Jughead's home with Betty and they go over Donna's confession, which is the exact same thing that she said about chipping, but it's about someone named Mr. Cotter who doesn't exist. Okay. I have a question. Okay. So Donna's giving this confession to who I'm assuming is Brett. Sure. Yeah. Why isn't Brett questioning the fact that that teacher doesn't exist? Right. Like why has no one called her on this? Well, maybe maybe she's a previous school. Yeah. Maybe she's saying that it's like a previous school. Okay. It's just, it's weird for them to use someone that doesn't exist. Yeah. And she's using literally the exact same language as before. Like it's basically a monologue at this point that she has memorized, which is like, she says that she's done it at least twice, but the fact that she's using not just the same story, but the exact same language implies that she's done this many times. Which is going to be a problem when we get farther down and this becomes even more like victim blamey. Mm -hmm. So I think we talked about like Donna's name and who she's named after uh, before, Mm -hmm. but basically there's a woman named Donna Tart and she wrote, I think it's the secret something. Let me look. I should probably look. She wrote The Secret History, which is, like, about, um, let me check to make sure that I'm not being an idiot. So she wrote The Secret History, which is about, like, uh, it tells the story of a closely knit group of six classics students at Hampton College, a small elite Vermont college based upon Bennington College, where Tart was a student. Um, so basically, the storyline of Stonewall is taken from this book, right? It's, like, inspired by this book, and her name is Donna Tart, and the Donna that we have here, her name is Donna Sweet. I like that, like, the they decided to make her the villain though? Yeah, so like, it's confusing because we're like, oh, we should have known that Donna was the mastermind because she's the one who's named after the author of the book that this is implied, like, like um, inspired by. Yeah. But it's also like, Riverdale does this all the time, so like, how am I supposed to know what's like a big clue and what's just like a Precisely, fun, a fun, right. fun fact, you know? And is Donna actually secretly undercover there to expose the entire thing? Like, who heck knows at this point? Honestly, like, you could, you could throw out any theory and it'd be like, I don't know, maybe. Sure. sure. I mean, 
that's what we did with the with the Black Hood, and we like somehow, yeah, yeah, like at right. some point, we said Hal and like Gargoyle King. We were like, this kind of has value, and mm-hmm. we got it right. So like, who's to say? Um, should we go into segments? Sure, sure. So my first segment is a sexual joke. Head question mark question mark question mark, and the answer is yes, always yes. I don't care. <laughs> you you're right. You should say it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my segment is which milf was the most badass? Who should I give it to? Is Alice? Who should it be? Oh, she's the only one here, right? <laughs> Who should it be? I oh, I'll give it to Alice. Yeah, Hermione was here. Also, last no, um, yeah, yeah, but Hermione was pathetic. Yeah, but I mean, like last episode, you said, oh, Alice. I think we, we said that Alice was the only one there, but um, Penelope was also there. She just didn't win. Yeah, Penelope oh, yeah. doesn't get rights. Mm. Yeah. And my segment is, uh, did the Snake Parents acknowledge their obvious history? And no, they did not. I'm confused. What what goes on with them? Mm. I mean, I guess they acknowledged it. In the fact that they said FP is a vet and it fed mine and Robin's head cannons from two seasons ago. Yeah. But that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would rather this, in which like we know they're together, but in the background, mm-hmm. than just like knowing that they're angsting about each other. Ooh, good point. Yeah. <laughs> oh know? yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Betty and Alice for Brett is afraid of me. Why? <sighs> Apparently you cracked open his head with a golf club. Alright, I did do that. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That's fair because I I did do that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, and I actually have an honorable mention, like mm-hmm. I said before. Um, and I just want to give it to <laughs> Archie shrugging at Kevin because um, even though it's not a line, it's something that I can make a gif out of, which I do. That has me energy. At uh, theaficionados.tumblr.com, I make gifs of all of our favorite line awards. Yes, yes. Yeah. you should go follow that. Yes, some people still use Tumblr. I use it for memes, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. I use it for Star Trek. Yes, yeah. I only just got into making gifs like a year and a half ago. Ago, and then Tumblr became obsolete, and it's like, where do I upload my gifts now? Well, right. once Twitter allows multiple gifts, it's yeah. over for you, bitches. Fully. Um, and mine goes to Donna for Brett is decidedly mediocre with a sword. Brett has a mediocre. Oh yeah, the, penis. the sword thing. Yeah, <laughs> Brett has a mediocre penis. Yeah. <laughs> and mine goes to Jughead for. Oh, he's got a glass jaw. <sighs> Told you we weren't gonna need rounds. Oh, okay. I'm with you. I was like, when was that? Can am I? Can my honorable mention be the sound of Brett hitting the floor? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Sure, that sounds good. He's went down so hard, you know? And he's just... (laughs) I was watching it for my summary, and Jughead just (laughs) hits the floor. (laughs) Not Jug. Brett hits the floor, and he's just like... (laughs) (laughs) He just, like, splutes out like this. He's uh, like... It's the saddest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like when you like dramatically fake die as a yeah. child. Yes. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Um, so now it's time for our trailer reaction. And if I remember it properly, it's literally just like a bunch of Archie content I didn't ask for. Oh yeah, it's, it's really weird. Every time I forget the trailer, I'm like, oh, maybe there'll be snake parents content in it. And then we, I remember what happened and I'm like, oh God. Sorry for yawning in the middle of this. <laughs> I can't wait to editing <laughs> Sam talking and you going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I find what you say interesting. I'm just <laughs> tired. Yes, the Ides of March, which I have thoughts on. Uh, actually, I'm going to say them right now. Cool. Neato. Basically, we know that Jughead gets murdered or something about Jughead. Like, something in the flash forwards happens during spring break. And the Ides of March, not the movie, not the episode title, but, like, the concept of the Ides of March, which is from Julius Caesar, is March 15th. And there's a soothsayer that says to Julius Caesar, beware the Ides of March. Mm-hmm. And that's when Julius Caesar gets murked. <laughs> and 
he says, a tu brute, you know how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the Ides of March is supposed to be like this, like, ominous type of thing, basically. And obviously, the Ides of March is March 15th, like I said. And if something happens at spring break, then this should be like the episode right before something happens, yeah. right? So if this takes place in the Ides of March, next episode after this one is called How to Get Away with Murder. So I assume that next episode is going to be the build up to learning about Jughead. Then the episode after that is going to be like the whole Jughead thing. We're going to learn that Jughead isn't actually dead. Although when I'm thinking about, like as I'm thinking about it, his name is not on the Hedwig sign up. Oh my god! Which like makes sense because Jughead wouldn't do that. Yeah. But also Archie, Veronica, and Betty would be in like jail. Yeah. So it can't Plus, be real. And it's also too soon for him to die anyway. Yeah. Because like it's 412 right now. Right. So that would be yeah. what? 414 at yeah. most? Four, four, 414. But he's supposed to be gone in four weeks. Yeah. So like that's the question really is like I think that after 414 that storyline is going to be wrapped up. I don't know how. I don't think it will be. But after that they need to focus on the videotapes. I mean, they need to, but will they? I hope so. I hope so. Because how to get away with murder, that's when you that's when you you wrap it up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the time. Yeah, I believe you. I just don't think it's gonna happen. <sighs> okay. So here is the little blurb for the new episode, The Ides of March. This is exciting. I like reading the blurb ahead of time because I've seen the trailer, but I haven't read the blurb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the Ides of March, uh 413. A look into the future. Ooh. Worried about what the future may hold for him after high school. Archie seeks advice from an unlikely source. Hiram Lodge? Oh, Ew. Why would you do that? Ew. Meanwhile, Veronica... Okay, so Veronica and Archie aren't even in the same storyline. They just make out three times and that's it. Okay. They're gonna break up. Veronica begins to spiral after learning some devastating news about someone close to her. So Hiram. So Hiram? Oh. Hiram's the one who's sick. Yeah. I don't know. It's gotta be Hiram. She's yeah. gonna spiral about Hiram. Okay. Finally, accusations made against Jughead leaves his future at Stonewall Prep hanging in the balance. What, what? accusations? Okay. I don't know. Something stupid Brett does. Lily, Madeline, Marisol, Casey, Skeet, and Vanessa also star. So no maid chin, but, <sighs> but they're Skeet. Every day I get emails. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> I'm sad. I think that there, we know for a fact that this episode is happening next week, but after that on the Wikipedia, last time I checked, let me look, we didn't know when the episode after that like was officially airing. So there could be a, uh, could be a hiatus. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. coming after this, but I don't know for sure. It still says TVA. Okay. Could be, could be not. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to watch the trailer now mm -hmm. and I'm just going to be uncomfortable because it's just Varchi making out. Yeah. All right. Yep. Three, two, one, play. Oh look, Barchi, I'm yeah. uncomfy. Barchi make it out. Barchi make it out. Barchi oh, Barchi dancing. Barchi drinking. Drinking. I feel completely lost. Veronica having a panic fit, crying attack. I guess it's literally about just a bunch of Varchi. Like I guess it's it's probably about Hiram. I really don't think there's a whole lot to see in this trailer. There's not. I um, can't wait to boot that episode. Yeah. Okay, so um, Archie and Veronica making out, and it looks like the band room. Uh, He's like being reminded of Grundy or something. That's I don't the most know. realistic thing I've seen in a while because yeah. band geeks. And or he like says, he says, good morning to you too. So my thought is, as we've seen Veronica do before, she got upset about something and then went and tried to like vent by making out with Archie. She's got unhealthy coping mechanisms. She sure yeah. does. Then they're dancing, I assume, at Le Bon Nui, which has become a dance club. I don't see anybody else we know in the background. Veronica's drinking because, once again, unhealthy coping mechanisms. These are teenagers. They mm -hmm. sure are. Oh, wait. Sorry. Let me hear what Archie said. Guys, if your abusive dad gets sick, um, you can just heal your pain with sex and alcohol. No. Really? No. No. <laughs> 
Um, also, why are you sad if your abusive dad is sick? Just let him die. Well, it's, her, it's her dad, and she has an unhealthy attachment yeah. to him. Oedipal, if you will. Yeah. Or electric. Electrical. <laughs> electrical, sure, okay. Because it's the opposite of the Oedipus complex is the electric complex. It's electrical. Thank you. Um, it's electric. Woogie, woogie, woogie. Um, Archie says that he's worried about Veronica. Veronica is crying. She says she doesn't know what to do. She feels lost. Basically, she's upset and she's telling Archie about it. Um, it's just a bunch of Archie stuff that I... I'm more interested in the Jughead content. Thank you. Exactly. I guess that's it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you are so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those and we also um, have a survey. It's in the description. You can tell us something that you like about the podcast, some stuff that you think we could work on. We are always looking for your feedback. Um, but yeah, please, even if you don't feel like writing a little blurb on iTunes, feel free to just do those little stars because um, the higher that our ratings go, the higher up we get in the search results on iTunes. So that would be great. And also, um, we can't work on being less annoying. This is just how we are. Yeah, no. sorry if that's your if that's your problem. Ugh, don't know what to do. Whoopsies. If you're a fan of the hundred, we like to talk about that show too. We covered Stop! <laughs> we covered seasons four, five, and six, and uh we're doing season seven. Which is the final season. Yeah, and we just went to Unity Days, so um we did we found out some things about that. Not well. They were really spoiler free at Unity Days. Yeah, actually. they were very careful. Very yeah. careful. Yeah. yeah. But it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. Um, we are doing those monthly right now. We finished all of season one and we are almost done season two. It is spoiler free. So if you're looking for not this show, which is, we're, we're just making jokes mostly. We take loss very seriously, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's a lot of important philosophical and character narrative theme type things that we need to talk about over there. Um, and we also do guests. And yeah, like I said, it is spoiler free until a spoiler section at the end. So if you're watching for the first time, you can watch along with us as we pod. Yeah. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. It's one of my favorite pods to participate on. We've done all of season one, and we're currently recording season two through 2020. And we'll record season three in 2021, and then maybe season four will be here, and we won't be sad anymore. Because it'll be out. Yeah. If you are a fan of Star Trek, we are doing a Star Trek Picard podcast every single week to cover the new Picard show. Um, I'm loving it. Sam's loving it. Robin's along for the ride. Yeah, the episode from tonight uh was great. Yeah, yeah. really enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're having a big, big, grand old Star Trek time over there. Yeah. So I, I'm there for like half an hour to talk about my thoughts about you know just like just showing up, not knowing Maybe much stuff. Yeah, and then they um talk about Star Trek, stuff. Star Trek stuff. And honestly, like I've been listening to the podcast afterwards once it's released and it actually makes the, the show make a lot more sense if you listen to what they're talking about even if you don't know the exact context of what they're talking about hey, thanks. So, yeah so if you're uh if you're watching this as your first star trek just like i am um it's still worth the listen thank you absolutely you can join us every tuesday on the tv co app at 7 p.m pst um so if you download tv co or we have a link in the description um it's basically a live streaming app um, and we rewatch the previous week's episode. So um, we will be rewatching this episode. Um, if you're listening to this <laughs> on the day that it comes out, we are watching it tomorrow. Um, and yeah, if you're listening to this way in the future, uh, figure it out. <laughs>
It's available. All our streams are available in the TV co-op. Yes, they're all um, saved. So yeah. if you want to go back and watch one in particular, I'm a big fan of our Midnight Club stream. Yep. You can check that out. You can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube. Mostly Twitter. Of course, Robin mentioned she makes gifts on Tumblr. Yes. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's really expensive, especially now um, that we just started Picard. That's five SoundClouds that we have to pay for yearly. And um, yikes. Our Picard podcast truly wouldn't be possible if it weren't for our supporters on Patreon. So we truly thank every single person who helps us out there. And if you can't donate for any reason, that's totally okay. Even if you can donate, um, (laughs) recommend us to a friend. Uh, It really helps us out because maybe your friend can help and donate on Patreon. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. You can follow me at Sam Casey's. That's S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. I did it fast this time. Practice. And you can read my reviews at TelltaleTV.com. You can search Riverdale. You can search Star Trek. You can search Star Trek Picard. Uh, or you can search my name, and they'll all pop up. Woohoo! And there's a link in the description. Thank you. Join us for our next episode, which is 413, The Ides of March. Which is March 15th, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, so The Ides of March was a 2011 American political drama film. It was directed by George Clooney, shout out guy, from a screenplay written by George, George Clooney, Clooney, Grant Hesloff, and Bo Willimon. The film is an adaptation of Willimon's 2008 play, Theragut North. It stars a stacked cast of Ryan Gosling, Uh George Clooney, Uh Evan Rachel Wood, Uh Philip Seymour Hoffman, Uh Marissa Tomei, Paul Giamatti, and Jeffrey Wright. It is stacked. Yeah, that's pretty stacked. Oh my god. Yeah. So, um, we shall see. It's political. I feel like this is a film that I've, like, heard about and, like, knew existed for a long time, but know zero things about. Exactly. It was nominated for an Oscar for, um, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Ryan Gosling was nominated for a Golden Globe for his performance, so I think it's pretty good. Oh, that is cool. And, uh, shout out to George Clooney, because he really did, he really put in the work on this film, apparently. Yes, he did. Yeah, he directed it helped write it, and starred in it. So, way to go, George. Cool. Okay, love you, bye! Love you, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye!